Yeah. I don't have to go to hell, you right. know, which is like incredibly important. Praise God for that. Praise but there's, God. But something happens on the inside, and then there's this thing that, when we read it in these scriptures, that compels them. It becomes a driving force, as your words say. It's like, man, why all of a sudden am I interested in making sure that others know about the same thing that I have come to know? Because God has taken the stony heart out of me and put in his heart. He's given me his perspective. He's given me his motivation, right? So it, it's just, it's so awesome. You know, here in verse 16, 2 Corinthians five sixteen or 15, I'm sorry, it says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So it's no longer I that live, Galatians 2.20. It's not me that's living anymore. It's Christ living in me. And I just want to encourage you, those you know, that have struggled with sharing their faith, and maybe you've done it and you've got rejected a few times, don't consider... Don't if you tell people about Jesus for results, you will fizzle out. Because remember, the great commandment was given before the Great Commission. Jesus said, Love people before he ever said, Go and win people to me. You have to have a fuel source that's impenetrable on the inside. Because mm-hmm. if you do it from from result driven, you're never gonna continue because just this is just the plain truth. More often than not, people reject Christ. Yeah. Well, I'd like to. Uh, I don't know. I guess I would challenge the the particular words, but I I know your heart and what you're saying. I think um, make make sure the the result is is right. What you're looking for. When you say looking for the result, you're just uh, you're, you're referring to the idea that somebody prayed us in our numbers. Prayer correct. You. Right. Um, but if my goal is to honor and obey God, then then those results are good. Did I achieve the mission of honoring and obeying God? Uh, if if that is the result I'm looking for, then then yes, I can I can uh, right. I can check that box off, if you will. But there's something on the inside, and that's really what what takes place when somebody gets born again. It's 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 on the inside. It's not an external driving force. It's an internal. Yeah, force. it reminds me of like if you ever drove past a a, a garbage dump or or um, a natural gas place, they have these little sticks out in the middle of nowhere, and it's always burning this gas. It's letting that methane. It's gas always come burning, out. no matter if it rains, no matter if it snows, no matter if it's a hurricane. It's always burning. It's not affected by external circumstance or results. Why? Because the fuel source for that thing is on the inside. Yeah. It's not affected by the outside. So if somebody rejects me, if somebody tells me, get the blank away from me, if somebody takes a hold of Christ, my my motivation isn't numbers. Right. My motivation is love. Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, feed them. Yeah. And Jesus was rejected. Oh, my God. He gosh. was rejected more to than the any utmost. of us ever, ever have been or ever will be, I suppose, potentially. I mean, you might be martyred for Jesus, Jonathan. You, right. You might be, and I might be, and I'm right. willing to be. Um, you know, and I say that now while I'm comfortable in an air-conditioned room, right? Uh, but, man, when it really comes down to it, Jesus literally faced it and uh, and stayed stayed perfect through it. And we say we would, and I, and I hope we would. I believe we would. Um, but, you know— if you're if you're just trying to get somebody to pray a prayer with you, 
that doesn't send you to to uh, that, that doesn't make you willing to die. Amen. But when you understand the ramifications uh, of of a life without Jesus, when you understand the the end of that road, um, man, you are compelled from the inside. I'm going to use that word again. You are driven from the inside by love to tell people about Jesus. We use this analogy when we were about to come on the air. Um, and just just talking a little bit about this, you know, if we saw somebody about to walk off the edge of a broken bridge or the edge of a cliff or the uh, walk off the rooftop of a building, uh, they were blind and they just couldn't see where they were going. Um, you know, I, I you wouldn't tackle me and say, no, John, you can't tell him. You, you can't tell him he's gonna he's gonna fall off. You might hurt his feelings. You know, he knows what he's doing or whatever. No, obviously he doesn't. Um, so love because you care yes. for somebody else you put your own life at risk you don't consider yourself to go talk to them That's to say right. hey 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 don't don't do this so somebody says well why why are you just cram this jesus thing down people's throat well you're not cramming anything down people's throat you can't make somebody believe that's right but because we know um we know something and many people listening, you know something that other people don't know. You know that there is a heaven, that there is a hell. And you also know that when you come into relationship with Jesus, it's more than just getting your ticket to heaven. That something it's a brand happens. new life. Life changes. Uh, and you know that. And you can tell that somebody else obviously doesn't know that. And you're willing to embarrass yourself, risk ridicule, um, risk mocking. But what if you're accepted? And what if you save that soul? That's incredible. And it's incredibly uh, invigorating. When, oh, man, when it there's happens. nothing like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, we're up against a break again. We just really encourage you guys to call with your questions, your comments, whatever you have to say. Uh, We'll be right back, 682-1430. Now let's get back to the second half of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher. It's brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John Freed. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening this beautiful Friday. And uh, it, I was just hearing that weather report along with you. Um Jonathan, you and I were working outside a lot today at the church. We have a, a remodel. Well, major. let's just say you don't have. Be glad you don't have scratch and sniff radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we literally came from working in the dirt to uh, getting behind the microphones here. Um, but uh, it was incredibly hot these last uh, several days. And uh, but when the clouds come over, and especially if they're slightly rainy looking clouds, it just really gets uh, gets nice. And uh, and it was just making me think um, um, about. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but that's one way to look it's at hot it. Out yeah, here. it's hot. I don't like heat. Well, then you don't want to go to hell because it's hot there. Um, yeah, it made me think about the refreshing of the Lord. Uh, made me think about the children of Israel when they were um, set free from the bondage in Egypt, and they are um, on their way to the promised land, but um, for 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they were led with a cloud of fire or a pillar of fire by day and a cloud, I'm sorry, fire by night and a cloud by day. And I was thinking about that uh, refreshing when those clouds would, would come over and how it is when we follow Jesus, when mm. we walk with God, how refreshing it is. And, um, and so when we think about evangelism, we often think of uh, it, it being a burden, being it troublesome, being scary, but it's actually 
refreshing. It's like a fresh rain cloud coming overhead. It just, it's energizing. It's not draining. Um, it seems scary until you actually do it. And then you realize, whoa, this is so wonderful. Yeah. You know, people all over the planet are, are sad and, you know, just they feel they need more fulfillment. And the, the reason is, is because they're living outside of why they were created. The Bible mm. says that all things were created through Christ. So everything that is, is from him. So if I'm living my life outside of him and outside of his purpose, I will never find fulfillment. Just like the sports car that's in the garage. Just like the sailboat that's in the marina. You know, it, it's never, it, I'm telling you, when you lead somebody to the Lord or, or you see somebody's life change because you planted a seed or you gave an act of kindness, you will realize that this is your purpose. This is your design. You know, Isaiah 43, 7, he says, all who I have created, I have created for my glory. You know, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to what? To set at liberty those captive, to heal the brokenhearted. You know, God didn't just put his spirit in you. Yeah. He, he paid a price to, to live in you once again so that now you can unleash him and show him to the world. You yeah. know? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not convinced that most Christians uh, realize the power that is on the inside. Oh of them. man, come on! Now that power is not there just to simply uh, be contained. Power is always for purpose. That's right. And so the purpose of a Christian is manyfold, but it's not just about going to heaven. And that is the messaging that tends to come out from most evangelical places, most people uh, that preach the gospel. Uh, it's just so you don't you don't want to go to hell, give your life to Jesus so you can go to heaven. That's true, but that's not—I'll say it this way. That's not a, a, a finish line. That's a starting line. It's not, a, right. it's not the end of the road. It's the beginning of the road. And what you find out is, um, I'll use your sports car analogy, um, you're not some old broken down piece of junk that the only good it is is to rust away in the junkyard. Man, no, you're, you're a shiny, brand new, powerful machine with an incredible purpose. And when people follow Jesus and do uh, this, this, this commission, this, this living with him, doing life with him, man, it's incredible. It's energizing. It's it exciting. is. It's addicting. I'm telling you. I just <laughs> yeah. encourage you, you know, think about this. You said this before the break, Dad. You said, you know, oh, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. Well, think about this. Just let's. Well, I wasn't saying I don't want to risk it. I'm saying that's how people think. Yeah, that's how we think. Yeah. And let's weigh it. I'm On one side, we have the risk of sharing my faith and being rejected. They say, no, get away from me, you blank and a blank, whatever, right? And then on the other hand, we have the risk of them seeing Jesus for who he really is. And I'm telling you, friend, the risk of succeeding far outweighs the risk of being rejected. Oh, because yeah. one, one word and their life's changed and their eternal destiny is on the line. I could, I could tell you a, a story where I had an opportunity to share my faith with a young man. I was probably about six months into being born again, and I went to Bush Gardens with a young man named Derek and another buddy of ours named Michael. And uh, the Lord, I had, I was fresh. I mean, I'm just, I'm still a baby in the Lord, and the Lord put it on my heart to to speak to Derek about him and to share the gospel with him. And I didn't. Mm. I, I considered my own life more precious than than him. 
And uh, I didn't share the gospel with him. Two weeks later, Michael calls me and says, hey, man, I just want to tell you, uh, Derek oh, overdosed and, and was left on the hospital uh, floor. Um, wow. They dropped him. Some guys pulled up, and they had had a rough night with drugs, and they pulled up, dropped him off outside the bench of the emergency room, and he died right there. And when I heard that, you know, I still get emotional about it because I knew, I knew that his blood is on my hands, and I'll have to reckon with that one day. And I told the Lord right there, I said, Lord, I will never, never reject the opportunity again. I will never and fast forward a couple years, there was a man, we have a food pantry at Believer's Fellowship every Thursday at 4.30, and uh, there was a young man named Tyler there, and service was wrapping up, and the Lord prompted me, go tell him about me. And I was in the middle of a conversation with a young woman, and I, I stopped. I, I said, excuse me, I must, I must go, I must do yeah. something. And I chased him down. And I was talking to him, and he was a real rough dude. I mean, he was he was gang affiliated, drug dealer, and you know, not not the kind of guy that you're just gonna go strike up a conversation with. And I was talking to him, and I just said, "Hey, man, I just I just want to tell you, bro, that Jesus loves you, man." And the, and the Bible says to that the only way to know the Father is is through the Lord Jesus Christ, and He loves you. And he kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, he'd heard mm-hmm. it all before. And this is where evangelism gets fun because the gift of the of the Holy Spirit came into operation and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. Now you'll find that in First Corinthians chapter twelve and first Corinthians chapter fourteen. So the, the word of knowledge that is, that's that's where you find that, that's what he's referring right. to. Right. So the Lord told me about him and he had some some bad deal with his dad, and that's why it was so hard. And I told this guy about this. And you should have seen him. He freaked out. Who the blank are you? You've been following me, blah, blah, blah. Well, long story short, he got born again and, you know, was learning in the Lord real heavy, coming to church. Two weeks later, he ends up dead on his floor. Mm. And the Lord showed me. He said, see, you never know. I remember one time um, a group of us went into a nursing home uh, just sharing the gospel with people and uh, just loving on people. And and I understand the the comments, um, you know, I've gotten them said to me, you know, from from family members or other people who find out that a ministry team went into a nursing home. He's like, just let those people rest, let them be in peace. Ah, that's exactly what we're trying to do: is let them right. rest and be in peace, uh, because they are they're, they will experience torment if they don't know Jesus when they die. And most people in a nursing home, or many people in nursing homes, are, so to speak, at the edge of death. So we are in this nursing home. We're literally going door to door, and we would um, talk with different people and and uh, share the love of Jesus. But then our purpose was to get people saved, to get them to commit uh, to, a, to a life with Jesus. Ask God to forgive them of their sin. Uh, repent. Come, Jesus, come into my heart, that type of thing. So anyway, we end up um, we end up praying with this uh, individual, and uh, we were in the nursing home for maybe about 20, 30 more minutes, and then we left. Well, one of the guys, uh, one of the ladies that was with us um, left her purse in one of the rooms, and so we went back to the nursing home. A little less than two hours later, we realized this. Oh, no, she didn't have her purse. We went back to the nursing home, and uh, when she went in there, she saw... So something was going on in one of the rooms that we were just in. 
And so she went down and said, is everything okay? We were just talking with, and I don't remember the name, but with Miss So-and-so. And uh, and they said, well, um, about an hour ago, we came in to give her lunch, and she had passed away. Wow. Within an hour of us being there. Yes, eternity made the difference for her. That moment... So just just moments after us being there, and that lady prayed a sinner's prayer with us. That lady did, uh, who passed away. It just it blew me away uh, to realize. See, that's how much God loves people. He will send somebody to share the love of Jesus to, the to last share the moment. gospel. Yeah, and so that's it's just wonderful. I'll share another story or two about my own some of my own experiences. Uh, with with what we might call formal evangelism, literally intentionally going out and sharing the gospel with people. This is not just daily living in which we should do it also, but this was on uh, moments of intentionality. Uh, You're listening to Ask the Preacher. We're going to take our third and final break, and then we will be in our fourth and final segment, if you can put all those numbers together. Hang with us. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Now let's get back to Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. And this afternoon are two guys who both claim their name is Jonathan. (laughs) That's right. I don't claim it. My mother made it that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I do claim it. Yes, if you call me Jonathan, I don't always respond. You more so Jonathan than somebody calling you John. Me more so John than somebody calling me Jonathan. Uh, Eric, what's your real name? Is it as simple as Eric? Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. <laughs> Eric's a simple man. We uh, we confuse things with all these other names and titles and all of that good stuff. Um, so anyway, evangelism, sharing your faith. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a couple stories of of my own uh, just experiences with uh, sharing my faith with uh, with people, and uh, and you know I use that term sharing my faith with people. However, I, I really want to make it a little more gutsy than than that. It's not about me. Just it, it, there's that's that's part of it uh, to where I I have a testimony or a confession that Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's what sharing your faith would be, right. where you say, you know, where you tell someone how you believe in Jesus and how maybe how you, uh, that moment in which you repented and surrendered your life to Jesus. And so in the process of that, you might end up sharing the gospel, uh, sharing what you believe, uh, sharing what Jesus said, you know, sharing some scriptures. Um, but what is the point of all of that? The point of all of that is is to uh, convince somebody else to believe. Um, somebody might say, well, why do you need to convince them? Well, because if the person is not convinced, they continue to do what they were doing before. Right. It, it takes a conviction. It takes being convinced uh, before somebody changes. If you're not convinced that, you know— um, Whatever you're about to put in your gas tank is the, the wrong thing. If somebody said, "Hey, you got the you got the wrong gas going in your car," you know, you might look and go, "Oh no, it's the right pump." They might have meant something a little farther, a little deeper than that. But if you're not convinced, you're going to pump. You know, right. you're going to keep doing what you've done so many times before until you're convinced otherwise. And so, anyway, um, so it's more than just sharing your faith. The purpose is to rescue someone from hell and to help them. 
experience this life of, of joy. I, I feel bad for a lot of Christians. I wonder if they are, actually are really saved. They have no joy. And if you, if you know Jesus, you're going to know joy. Yes. And um, so anyway, one of these uh, times out winning the lost. I mean, that's the that's the end game of it. Organized evangelism. Um, it was organized evangelism. It was a group of people that had gone out. And uh, this particular time, I think it was... Uh, by this by this moment in the day, I was kind of by myself. Everybody else had kind of gone, and I was just by myself. And, and uh, I'm at this strip mall, uh, and I'm about to get in the car and leave, and I pass this guy sitting on a motorcycle. Big, burly guy, tattooed up. Uh, black leather gloves, black you know leather all over the place, and skull cap helmet. What does that mean? That means it doesn't just barely covers the top of your skull. Uh, big man, and and so uh, I I pass him on by, and the Holy Spirit whispers on the inside of me, go share the gospel with him. And I'm like, that's a big burly <laughs> dude. I'm gonna leave that man alone. And I get in my car and I'm about to leave. And I uh, I sense the Holy Spirit say it to me again: Go share the gospel with him. And I'm like, I'm running out of time. I, I gotta go. Go share the. Oh, I know it's the Lord. So I get out of the car. I walk over to him. Uh, he sees me coming, um, and he he sees me, and he just kind of turns his head the other way. But then I come up. You know, hello, sir. Um, you know. I, I want to tell you that uh, God loves you. He has an amazing plan for your life. And I begin to, to tell him about the love of, of Jesus Christ. And, and um, he says, shut the mm up and leave me alone, you know. And I'm like, well, okay, I just wanted, I said, all right, yes, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to tell you that, Get you know, whatever, get out. And he runs me off. So I go back to the car. And I'm about to leave, and the Holy Spirit says on the inside of me, I told you to share the gospel with him. I said, well, I tried, Lord. He doesn't want to hear what I have to say. I said, go share the gospel. So I get out of the car. I go up to him again, and the man, he he could grab his helmet with one hand and take it off of it, and he (laughs) slammed it kind of on his mirror, which I have a motorcycle. I wouldn't slam my helmet on my mirror. And he's got leather underneath that, and he grabs that, and he's like into a ball in his his hand. I wish people could see my facial expression. I mean, he just looked angry and mean. He starts taking his gloves off and I'm starting to talk to him and he's like I told you to get them you know and he's cussing me out and to leave so I'm like all right you know so I go to get back in my car here the Holy Spirit says I told you to share the gospel with him and so I'm like oh man I know on the inside what the Lord is telling me to do so I turn around I go back to the guy and he's getting ready to get off that bike he's going to pound me into the asphalt you know (laughs) I'm going to be a grease spot in just a second here and so I knew I only have a moment. So I just start I just start sharing the gospel. Jesus, you know, God loves you. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. And if you repent and accept him today, you'll spend eternity in heaven and heaven you do not have to go to a sinner's hell. And I'm just telling him all this stuff. And he's getting ready to get off that bike. And I get done and I feel the release. I don't know how to explain that other than the fact that I had done my job. Right, right. And I turn around and I get back in the car <laughs> and I leave, you know. And I said, Lord, what was that all about? I was about to get pummeled, you know. And um, anyway, and I and I sensed the Lord say on the inside of me, that man will not, um, that, that man when he faces me will not be able to say, I was never told. Mm. Part of this mission, commandment of sharing the gospel, of evangelizing, of telling other people about Jesus— with the purpose of winning their soul, part of that 
is is part of the process of justice and righteousness. Yes. God loves each and every one of us so much that not a single person on the face of the planet will be ever to look in God's face and say, I didn't know. He makes it possible some way, somehow, to every person for them to have the opportunity to see God, to see uh, Jesus and, and, and what he has done for them. They will not, no one, no one, let me start my statement over, no one will be uh, without excuse. No one will have an acceptable an excuse, acceptable excuse to tell God, uh, well, I know better than you. I, I don't deserve this. You know, I think about on the other side of that, when I stand before God, what will he say to me? Was, was I faithful? As a believer. Was I yeah. faithful to do what he asked me to do? You know, that's, that's, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Pretty much. I want to be pleasing. I want to do what's pleasing to him. Right. And because we love God, we love others. And that's why we share the gospel. It's all about love. Well, we love you folks. We thank you for listening. And uh, hey, if you don't have a church, or even if you do, we want to invite you to Believers Fellowship. We're up on the north side. You can look us up online, believersfellowship.com. If you go to some church that has become woke and they're uninvolved and they're getting off path and you know it, you need to find a Come different on, house. Right. So we'll just invite you to be part of us. We love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday right here. Same bat channel, same bat time. Ask the preacher. Have a good weekend.